welcome you. Uh, I believe that for the sacrifice in which you have given to be here, God himself will speak to you. God himself will meet you at that point of need. He will, he will rejuvenate your heart. He will, he will energize your spirit in a new and a fresh way in the name of Jesus. Just like was announced, um, by the end of this uh, broadcast, the next episode or the next, is it, um, yeah, the next episode of our Family Life, Family Life um, series will be uploaded. And it is very, very interesting. We learn lots of things. It's just the beginning. And you know, with God, God starts small. And it grows. And it continues to grow. And I believe you will grow with it in the name of Jesus. Amen. This morning, I want us to bow down our heads. I want, to, I want us to talk to the Lord. Talk to him. What do you want out of this service? What do you want out of this message? Do you want it just to be another message that you just listen and that's it? Or do you want a change, a transformation in your inner being? Do you want to see the Lord? Do you want to have an encounter with him? It's between you and the Lord. It's between you and your father. I want you to talk to him. Even at this moment. So that your heart is prepared to receive the engrafted word. The holy word of the most high. The word that is able to change life, the lives. The word that is able to transform lives. Father, in the name of Jesus, we want to thank you this morning. Thank you because you've called us by yourself. You've called us by your name. You've called us. You've drawn us to yourself. Thank you, Father, for that which you're doing in us. Lord, the Bible says the entrance of your word brings forth light. It brings forth understanding even unto the simple. We thank you for light. We thank you for understanding. We thank you for clarity. Lord, I pray, let eyes be opened. Let ears hear and let hearts understand and know that which you are saying even to your church, even in this date and in this season. Father, we give you all the glory. I yield myself unto you, Father. Grant me utterance to declare your word with boldness, with accuracy and with simplicity. Thank you, King of glory. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Praise the Lord. This morning, I want to share something I believe is in the heart of the Father in our days and in our season. Last Friday, the, uh, the, uh, the night of prayers, we had, Pastor was, teaching, was taking us through something, was teaching us, was showing us some things. And I want to, I believe God wants us to build on that. He wants us to expound on that. He wants it to sink into our spirit, not just our head, into our spirit, into our heart, so that we know that we know that we know. And what is that? I'll be sharing with us this morning on the, on the topic, what is true worship? I repeat, what is true worship? I know for some of us, our minds are already ringing. I was already, okay, this is this, worship is this, worship is that. But hold on. Put your gear in neutral. You know, when you put your gear in neutral, God is able to put it where he wants it, either in one, two, three, four, or even to reverse. Amen? So 
put your gain neutral and open your ear as you listen. Pastor said on Friday, he said, the church has learned to praise God. Not just learned, if I want to put it in a, in a scholarly way, I'll, I'll say they've graduated from kinder to prep to year one to year five to year 10 to the out of high school in praising God, they've gone to uni. They've even had a PhD in praising God. We, should, we do know how to praise God. What does it mean to praise? It means to express our adoration. It means to speak highly of. It means to applaud. It means to magnify. It means to give thanks, to adore, and all that. Wonderful. The church have, have excelled in that. We know how to do all that. But there's one aspect that is missing, that is pertinent, that is important to the Father. Praise the name of the Lord. Because heaven wants to come down. The church, everybody wants to go to heaven. But you know heaven wants to come down. Heaven wants to inhabit his people. Heaven wants to dwell in you. He wants to dwell in me. But now, heaven is looking for a people. Heaven is what? It's looking for a people. Who are these people? Let's go to John chapter 4. Who are these people that heaven is looking for? That God is seeking? That God is looking for? Thank God for praise. We exalt the Father. We lift up his name. We adore him. But God is looking for a people. Not just who will praise him. Amen. John chapter 4, from, I'll start to read from verse 7. It reads, and I quote, A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Je Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. When the woman of Samar then the woman of Samaria said to him, Who is it? Or how is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink of me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God, and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you will have asked him, and he will have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get this, that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this well, and drank for, from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst, nor come here to draw. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come here. From this conversation, two things are happening. Two people are on different wavelengths. The woman is talking from the earth. Jesus is talking from heaven, the spirit dimension. So they are not on the same page. There's confusion. The woman said, give me the water. Jesus said, if you know, 
If, if you know who it is that is asking, you will drink and you'll never thirst. So you say, okay, okay, show me how to drink that I will not thirst from this world. It's deep. Isn't that how we relate with the Father sometimes? He's talking from the perspective of heaven and we are relating to him from earth. There's a clash. We are not on the same page. Let's read on. Verse, 15, verse 16. Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have well said I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband. In that you spoke truly. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, and you just say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming. When you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming. And now is when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. I'll repeat verse 23, but the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and in truth for such the father is seeking to worship him. What is true worship? Amen. He says the hour is coming and is here in this day that we are in. He has been saying it is coming. It is now here. But now those who worship, worship him will worship him in what? In spirit and in truth. God is looking. He's seeking for worshipers. Not just worshipers, true worshipers. He said true, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. They are not, we are not relating to him from the earth. We are relating to him from heaven, the spirit dimension, seeing, knowing what he's saying. Amen. God is seeking such. He's looking for such. His eyes is going to and fro looking for such. He's seeking. He's not seeking for praisers. Thank God for praisers. But he's looking for worshipers. And you might say, oh, well, worship, worship is, uh, well, I just adore him. Let me, let me correct your, your, your mindset. Worship is not slow song. The church has time praise. We say, now it's time for praise and worship. Praise is, with, is loud. Worship, we go mellow. That is not worship. What is true worship? Hang on in there with me. Let's take this journey together to let you know what exactly what the father meant when he says he's seeking for true worshipers. Praise the name of the Lord. I know something here from this scripture that we read. It didn't say the worshippers are seeking God. It is God that is seeking for them. He's looking for them. His heart hungers for them. His heart is yearning for tr true worshippers. Are you a worshipper? Before you answer, hold on. Let's journey together. Don't just say, yeah, 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 I'm a worshipper. No, let's see. Let's journey together in the word of God. Let's see what God has to say.
Because worship is about the spirit dimension. What do I mean by that? What is in your heart? What is in your heart? It's about the spirit dimension. The Bible says those who worship him will worship him in what? In spirit and in truth. Then worship is what I, is what I will say is, is yieldedness. Yielding. Worship is what? Yielding. Yieldedness. Being yielded to the spirit of the living God, our father. What does it mean to yield? What does it mean to yield? Now, this is not thus says the Lord. This is in dictionary.com. What does the word yield? Yielding. Yieldedness. Yielded. What does it mean? It means to submit. Submission. It means surrender. It means what? Handing over control. It means to give up. It means to relinquish. I repeat, it means submission, to submit. That is yieldedness. It means to surrender. It means handing over control. It means to give up. And it also means to relinquish. So true worship means a sub submitting to someone. Submitting. And the person we are talking about here is, a, is the Lord, our God, our Savior, the creator of the heavens and the earth, the one who created you and I, the one who has called us by his, by his name, the one who's, who has made us, has qualified us to be partakers of his inheritance. That is the one in whom we are to yield and we are to worship. Meaning that true worship has to do with what? A yielded heart and a yielded will. I'll repeat, true worship has to do with what? A yielded heart and a yielded will. Thank God for our heart, but our will is also very, very important. Our will is what? Is very, very important. God is seeking worshipers. Like I said, those whose hearts and their will are what? They are yielded to him. They are surrendered. They have surrendered their will. They have surrendered their heart. Everything about them is, is the Lord's. Praise the name of the Lord. I've had people say, oh, but I'm, I'm a strong-willed person. I have a very, very strong will. What you are just saying is that you do what you want, when you want, where you want, how you want. It doesn't matter who is, in, who is involved. It doesn't matter the opinion of others. It is about me, 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 me. It's about self, 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 self. That is not the spirit of God. That is not the spirit of Christ. God is seeking true worshipers who will worship him in spirit and in truth. And to worship the father in spirit and in truth, he needs a yielded heart and a yielded will. A submissive heart, a surrendered heart, a heart that has, that has been handed over to him. We just sang, Lord, I give you my heart. Do you mean it? Or it's just a song, it's just, you're just mouthing it. He said, Lord, I give you my heart, I give you my... Do you really mean that? Or is now just a lingo? 
Are you singing? Did you sing it from the depth of your being? Or is it just a song that we sing in church? God is seeking true worshipers. Those whose hearts and will are yielded to him. Thank God for being strong-willed, but now let that strong will be, be, be let it be yield, let it yield to, to the Father. Let fa the Father be able to mold and make you to be what He wants to be. And in doing that, He will send people towards to you. He will send people to you to, to help you to mold that is just like a wild horse. You know? It's like a wild horse. A wild horse, for it to be useful, has to, that wheel has to be bro broken so that it becomes submissive to its master. I don't know if you've seen where a, where a horse is called breaking the horse. When it's there, the horses are caught from the wild, they are broken before they can be useful. Thank God for your strong will, but God needs to break that wheel to be yielded to his will. It doesn't make it's going to make you uh, like a vegetable or uh, a dunce. No, but he, he wants that strength to be channeled by him. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Our worship is about his will. It's about his will. It is not about our will. Jesus said in Mark, Mark chapter 14, verse 36. Let's go there. Mark chapter 14, verse 36. Mark chapter 14, verse 36. It reads, and I quote, Mark 14, 36. It says, and he said, this is Jesus speaking, and he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. This was when he was, this was in the Garden of Gethsemane. When he was, he went before the Lord. He says, this cup, he knew he was going to the cross. He knew that some, he had to give his life for the, to save the world, to save mankind. But he says, it was like, Father, this is too much for me. Can I escape this? Can we have find another way to do this? Let's, let's, let's think. Let's look for another means. But he now said, what, not what I will, but what you will. I want us, I want us to also look at, it, look at it in the book of Luke, how it was recorded in the book of Luke, chapter 22, verse 42. Luke 22, verse 42. Luke 22, verse 42. It reads, and I quote. Let me start from verse 41. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone throw away. And he knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Jesus, Jesus lived a, a life of true worship, a life of total yieldedness, yielded, yielding his heart, yielding his will. He said, not my will, but your will be done, Father. 
Yes, I know I'm going to the cross. Oh, I'm going to face excruciating pain. But in spite of all this, let your will be done. He yielded his will. He was the son of God, full of glory, full of power. Still, he said, not my will, but your will be done. His life was totally surrendered and submitted to the will of the father. Is your life totally submitted and surrendered to the will of your father? Or is only part of it? God, you take this part, you leave this part for me, I can handle it. Who told you? We can handle nothing except by his grace. Praise the name of the Lord. He said also, Jesus said also, he said, I can do nothing. John chapter 5 verse 19. Let's go there quickly. John chapter 9. Sorry, John chapter 5 verse 19. John 5 verse 19. The Lord is seeking true worshippers. John chapter 5 verse 19. It reads, and I quote, Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, The Son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do. For whatever he does, that is, that is the Father, he, the Son, also does in like manner. He says, I can't do anything of myself. I can't go the way I want. I can't just do anything. Go on a tangent of my own. Not listening to anybody. Oh, it's about, it's about me. It's what I want. I want this. This is what should be. This. Where is God? Where is the Spirit of God? Jesus yielded. He's, he's our master. He's our Lord. He's our Savior. Jesus yielded his heart and his will totally to the Father. Look at verse 30 of that same chapter. John chapter 5. Look at verse 30. Jesus said, he's still talking here. He said, I can of myself do nothing. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is what? Is righteous because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. Remember I said, true worship a heart yielded to the Father and a will yielded. See what our master Jesus said. He said, my, he, says, I, he says, as I hear, I judge. And my judgment is what is righteous. Because I do not seek my own will. It's not about me. It's about the kingdom. It's about heaven. Heaven is seeking those, those whom they, it can pour into. He says, not my will but the will of the Father who sent me. It's not about my agenda. It's about heaven's agenda. It's about a yielded heart, a yielded will. There's so many people in the church who are doing their own thing. No one can talk to them. Oh, I'm, a, I'm, 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 I'm no one can talk to me. I can do what I want. I'm an adult. Yes, thank God you're an adult, you're not a child. But then we have a father who knows everything, who sees everything, who is in charge of everything, who controls everything. Who are you yielded to? To your, to, to your boss or to your friends or to your colleagues, what they say, or to tradition? 
Jesus said you, you, you nullify the power of God by your traditions. You don't let the power of God be made manifest because of our tradition. Oh, want, this is how it is done. This is what it... No, a heart yielded, a will yielded to the Father. God is seeking such. Are you willing to be part? He's seeking such. Jesus said, I can do nothing. He says, I will to do his... I want to do his will. I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sends me. Are you under authority? Oh, you are not under authority at all. Like I said, no one can talk to you. I'm a strong will, but nobody can talk to me. I listen to no man except God. Thank God for God. But you know, God will use men and women to speak to us, to correct us, to teach us, to show us. Many times we think we are, too, we are smart. Yes, you might say you are smart, but now there's a smartness that is higher than your smartness. There's a wisdom greater than our wisdom. The Bible says that the wisdom of man is like foolishness to God. Can you imagine God being foolish? He's still even wiser than the wisest of men on earth. Hallelujah. Jesus lived a life totally surrendered to him. And I want to, I want us to, I want to show you something else in the Bible. Where the word worship was first mentioned in the Bible. Because there's something about the law of first mention. That is when the thing is first mentioned, the circumstances around it points, gives a pointer on what that word means. Let's go to the book of Genesis chapter 22. Genesis chapter 22. And I'll read from verse 1. Genesis 22, from verse 1. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham. See, it said tested. It didn't say tempted because God does not tempt, but he will test you. Amen. He said that God tested Abraham. And you know, do you know why God tests us? It's not for himself. It's for us. Because at times we think we are up here. But by the time he takes us to the test, we find out that we are, we are here. It's for us to know where we are in him and make amends. And to know where we are lacking. Amen. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham. And said to him, Abraham. And he said, here I am. Then he said, Take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Verse 3. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac, his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which the Lord had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship and we will come back. Verse five. 
And Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship. And what? We will come back. This is the place worship was first mentioned in the Bible. And if you note, there are no musical instruments. There was no keyboard. There was no guitar. There were no drum sets. There are no choir singing. And it was just, he says, the lad and I. When what? Let's, we will go yonder and worship. Verse 6. And so Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife. And the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to his father, to Abraham, his father, and said, my father. And he said, here I am, my son. Then he said, look, the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, my son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Worship. True worship is, is a yielded heart. Abraham said, the lad and I will go yonder and worship. Worship is also is, is a journey. Worship is a journey in, whose, in which the, the destination is God. But you know, before, before you can go on a journey in whose the, des, the destination is God, you have to have yielded your heart and your, your will. You, you, need, you love obe, be, being obedient to him. You're saying, Lord, where are you sending me? Let me go. I will go. I will go for you. Whatever you're saying, I will do. I will do. Worship is a journey in which the destination is God. But now to embark on that journey, you need, your heart needs to be yielded. Your will needs to be yielded to him. You need to be obedient, to be faithful to him. That is true worship. A surrendered heart. Abraham submitted his will to the father. God said, take your son. He said, your only son. If it was, if it, it was in our days today, you say, ah, ah, God, can't you look for something else for us, an offering? You know how long I waited before you gave me this, just this one. Even the one I, I managed on my own to, to bring forth. You said I should send him away. Ishmael. Now this one, you said I should take, ah, ah, God, are you that wicked? That's not the fact. But what did Abraham do? His heart was yielded. His will was yielded to the father and he embarked on that journey. Verse nine now says, then they came to the place of which God had told him and Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. Verse 10, and Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But... The angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God. Your heart is yielded. You have surrendered everything to him. You have surrendered totally willingly to him. Now I know. He said, don't do anything to him. 
Now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. When our heart is yielded, when our will is yielded to the father in true worship, there's nothing he can ask of us that will not lay down. And you know what? God as our father who knows us, he will ask for that thing that touches you the most. And for us in these days, what, are, what is those things? Our finances, the money. Can he ask you to give the last money you have? Can he ask you to give it to someone or to give, to give it out? And you not say, ah, ah, God, are you that wicked? You know, this, this is the last guy. The world says, whatever you have, keep it. If you're if you, if you lacking, the little you have, keep it. But in God, it says, give it. God op- operates in the opposite spirit. He doesn't operate as we operate here. And the, uh, the world will tell you, you better keep what you have. Can all you have. Keep it, can it. Put it together. No, don't, don't let it go. You don't know when you get another one. But God says, even that one, give it out. Because when you give it out, it's a, sor- it's a heart yielded. Sor- is it, that is when we're truly worshiping him. We are, when, we, when we say, let's worship the Lord with our substance. I don't think we, get, we truly know what that means. Let us worship the Lord with our substance. And we bring out a, a cringly note from our... Maybe from the book, look through our bag or look through our person. Okay, this one. You know, we, sel- we select. We look at it and say, no, this one is too much for God. That one is too much for God. No, and look for the, the, maybe the $1 or the $5 and, and then put it down. Is that worship? Are you giving from a yielded heart or a yielded will? Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. God is looking for true worshipers, those whose heart and will are yielded to him, to obey him, to follow him, to journey with him. He's looking for such to pour himself on the earth. And when he discovers a person with a yielded heart, what will come? He will cause heaven to invade our lives. Heaven invades our lives. People just begin to say, oh, what's happening to this person? There's something about this person. That person has yielded his or her life to the Father. And is growing in grace. Heaven is invading their, the home. is invading their life. It's touching the businesses. Turning things around. Causing them to prosper. Causing them to find favor. And when we, have, when we yield our heart and our will to him, it will cause nothing to be withheld from us. Nothing will be withheld from us. Heaven will invade our home, will invade our lives because God is seeking such. Do you think he's just seeking just for seeking sake? No, he wants to invest in. God wants to invest in us. But now, are we credible? The qualification. You know, when you want to take a loan in a bank or something, they'll say, okay, what, what do you have? What collateral do you have? Are you, a cre- are you a credible person? They go check your credit history. Are you credible? God is looking for credible men and women to invest in. But the, his qualification is not go and bring all your assets. It's a yielded heart and a yielded will. A heart and a will totally surrendered to him. A heart and a will that wants to do his will. Praise the name of the Lord. And you know something? 
One thing about when your heart is yielded to, to him. Let's look, look at Genesis 22 again. Let's read verse 15 to 17. See what happened to Abraham because of that act, of that one act that he did. Genesis 22 from verse 15 to 17. He said, Then the angel of, of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, by myself, I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing, because you have yielded your heart, you have yielded your will, you have not withheld, he said, you have not withheld your son, your only son. Because of that, verse 17, blessing, I will bless you. And multiplying, I will multiply you. Your descendants shall, your descendants shall be as stars of heaven, and as, as the sand which is on the seashore, and your descendants shall possess the gates of their enemy. It's transgenerational. When a heart is yielded, it's not just about yourself. There are generations coming behind you who will benefit from your yielded heart and your yielded, yielded will. They will see an example to follow. Are you a, an example to follow or a mistake to avoid? Where are you? Are they, can, they, can, can the person follow you? Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Can you be re relied upon? Can your family rely on you? Can your co-workers rely on you? Can God rely on you? I said earlier, God is looking for people he will invest with. He, want to, he wants heaven to invade. He's seeking for such. Are we yielding our heart to him or we're doing our own thing? He says, generations after you are partakers of your yieldedness. So it's not just about yourself. Your children, your children's children, all oh, they'll remember. My dad, my mom, they were men of God. They worked with the Lord. They, they were totally sold out to the Lord. Didn't we see that in the example of Abraham? God said, your your descendants shall possess the gates. They shall, they shall be, they shall be, they shall multiply. He said he will multiply his descendants. What happened? Look at Isaac. Look at Jacob. Look at the descendants. They were prosperous. Why? Because Abraham obeyed. Abraham yielded. Abraham journeyed with God. He worshipped God with his whole being. Not with half of his being but with everything he had. He lived a life to obey the Father. Is your life obeying the, the Father? Are you totally submitted or yielded to him? Or is it still your own thing? And look at, at the, 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 verse 17. He says, the latter part, he says, and your descendants shall possess the gates of what? Their enemies. Meaning that there will be victories for you. With a yielded heart, they will all, you will always walk in victory. You will always walk in what? Victory. You will not be denied victory. God is saying, look, walk with me. I want to walk with you. There are battles to be fought. Pastor has been teaching us the four dimensions of church life. And one of those dimensions is warfare. There will be battles. But you know what? Spiritual battles can only be fought where? On holy ground. Holy ground means a yielded heart, a yielded will, a life totally surrendered to the Father. 
And with that kind of life, you are assured you are guaranteed of victory because Jesus won. And because we are not fighting for that victory, we are fighting from the victory of Christ. We are maintaining that victory. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. So a yielded heart will ensure that we walk in victory. We advance. The, the, what is needed, what we need to advance, to move on, to grow in God, the grace is released when our heart is fully and totally surrendered, yielded to him. Jesus said, not my will, but what? Your will be done. He was totally surrendered to the Father. He says, I can do nothing except that which my Father, which I see my Father do. A yielded heart and, and a will is a choice. I'll repeat that. A yielded heart, a yielded will is a choice. You can choose to, you can choose not to. It's all up to you. God has given us a free will. But you know what God wants? He would rather prefer that a man wills to do his will. John chapter 7 verse 17. Look at John chapter 7 verse 17. A yielded heart, a yielded will is a choice. Meaning you have a choice in the matter. God will not force you. No, God does not force anyone. But he wants us to willingly. John 7 verse 7, 17, sorry. John 7, 17. What does he say? If anyone wills to do what? His will. That is, if you will, within your heart, you will, you decide, you decide, you desire, you say, Lord, mm -mm, I'm not, it is your will I want to do. He said, if anyone wills to do his will, he shall know. Don't we all want to know? Know his plans for us? Know his will for us. Know what he's what is saying about us, saying about our future, saying about our land. With this coronavirus, know what he's saying. He says, if a man wills to what? To, if anyone wills to do his will, he shall know concerning the doctrine. Whether it is from God or whether I speak on my own authority. If you have a Bible like mine there, on that verse 17, there's a little letter A there, and it takes us to the middle column. And if you look at the middle column, there are two scriptures there. It says, one is John 3.21, and the other is John 8.43. We'll open to John 8.43. John chapter 8, verse 43. Remember, if a man wills to do his will, he shall what? He shall know concerning the doctrine. What are the doctrines? His word. The teachings of the apostles. He shall know. John 8, verse 43. What does he say? He says, why do you not understand my speech? Or why do you not understand my word? What I'm saying? What is the reason? Because you are not able to listen to my word. You don't understand what I'm saying because you are not able to what? Listen to my word. Meaning that if you are not willing to listen to his word that he has written, your will, you are, not, you, are not going to be, you are not going to yield your heart to him. You will, you will do his will when you read and you know and you understand his word. 
So a yielded heart, a yielded will is not just, okay, God, I, I, would, I will to your will, and that's it. It, it's not, it doesn't act in limbo. It has to be, it has to have its foundation on the word. So you don't, you don't, he said, you don't do what? You don't understand my speech. You don't understand my word. Because you are not able to listen. You don't go to my word. You don't read it. You don't spend time in it. You don't meditate on it. You don't declare my word. You don't speak your, my word over your life. So how will my word benefit you? How will you follow it if you don't even know what is inside it? Amen. To yield your heart and your will to him, you need to know what is in here. You need to know what is in his word, what he's saying, what the spirit of God is saying. And it's, it's from there, faith is developed. The Bible says faith cometh by what? Hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. It's not just hearing on Sunday and then close it and you put your Bible away when you get back home. And then the following Sunday, and say, hey, where did I put my Bible? I left it here last week when they came back from church. Last week, when you came back from church. Last week. What has happened on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday? Nothing. Then on Monday, on Sunday, oh, I'm looking for my Bible. You have not spent that. How will you know what he's saying in his speech? How will your heart be yielded? How will your will be yielded? It can only be yielded to the person you know. If you don't know him, you, you can't commit yourself to somebody you don't know. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. What God is seeking after. And these days and seasons that we are in is what a heart so yielded to him, so completely surrendered to him that his heart is, that that person's heart is easily moved by the spirit of God. The spirit of God can easily say, oh, can give a nudging. My son, my daughter, can you get this done? Or don't do it this way. Do it that way. A heart that is totally surrendered to, that is easily moved by the Holy Spirit. And what is, why is he moved by the Holy Spirit? To fulfill God's purposes. His purpose in our life here on earth, in our city. In our, can, he, can he nudge you and say, oh, that person next door, your next door neighbor, can you go to him and, and say this? Ah, that person is a very tough person. No? I don't think I can go. Maybe God sent somebody else, like Jonah tried to do. But thank God he listened, he obeyed. God is looking for what? A yielded heart, a surrendered heart. God wants all his children to become what? True worshippers. In the city of refuge, he wants us to become what? True worshippers. Can you imagine just the whole city becoming true worshippers? What will happen? Hearts that are yielded to the Father. Hearts that are surrendered to him. Hearts that want to do his will. That are hearts that have said, not my will, Lord, but your will be done. Can you imagine what will happen in our city, in our, even in our homes? There will be peace in our homes. Even when situations want to arise, we say, no, this is the heart of the Father on this matter. Let's seek God on this matter. Not, no, 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 no. I am the head of this home. Is what I say stands. Thank God you are the head, but no, you know that you, have a, you also have another head. Are you submitted to that head? And the head of the church is who is Christ. Is our heart yielded to him? Are we totally surrendered to him? He wants all his children to become what? True worshippers. For us in the city of refuge, God told our pastor earlier, he said, I've given you a Davidic church. He said what? I've given you what? A Dev Davidic church. 
The Davidic calling is part of the calling of our church, the city of refuge. And what was the, what, and what, what, what was the, what was the key thing that, that stood David out? David had a heart of worship. Now that we, understand, we are understanding what worship is, thank God he was a psalmist, but it was much more than that. He had a heart that was yielded to the Father. He had a heart that said, Lord, not my will. You know what? David failed many times, but he never failed to follow God. Yes, he failed many times. He, what did he do? He got Uriah killed. That was Bathsheba's husband. He got him killed. But what, when, he was, when he was pointed out to him, he said, I have sinned to the Lord. God forgive me. God forgive me. God forgive. But you, someone might say, yeah, okay, maybe I'll go and do that one, something like that. And ask, no, no, no. There are consequences of sin. And every action has consequences. So be careful. It, David did what? He obeyed God. And that is why he was testified. God, God himself testified of David in Acts chapter 13, verse 22. What did he say? Acts chapter 13, verse 22. Acts 13, Acts of the Apostles, chapter 13, verse 22. It reads, and I quote, it says, let me read from verse 21. And afterward, they asked him for a king. This is, this is um, I think this was, um, this was Paul preaching or tell, telling the people about their forefathers. He says, afterwards, and afterwards, they asked for a king. So God gave them Saul, the son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin for 40 years. And when he had removed him, that is when God removed Saul, he gave, he raised up for them David as king, to whom he also gave testimony. And said, see, God gave the testimony, not men. Can God testify of you? Can God say, have you, can God tell someone, say, have you taken note of my servant like he did of Job? Can God say of you, can God say, oh, have you noted my servant? So, so, and so. He said, and what? And, his, and when he had removed him, he raised up for them David as king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, in case there was another David. He was specific so that you don't miss out who he's talking about. The son of who? Of Jesse, a man after my own heart, who will do all my will. Hallelujah. He says, who will do? Did he do all his will? He missed it. But one thing he didn't, he's, he'd never failed to do, he never failed to follow the Lord. His heart was yielded. That's why he could go to him in absolute surrender. Lord, to you alone have I sinned. To you alone have I sinned. Forgive me. A heart yielded and God testified, I have found in David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. Can God say that of you? What life are you living? Before men and your closed doors. Is our heart, is your heart yielded to the Father? Or is what I want, what I want, and nothing else? God is seeking for such. The city of refuge, I'm speaking to you. God has called us as a Davidic church.
David was a worshiper. His heart was totally yielded and surrendered to the Father. God is asking us to yield to him, to follow him on this exciting journey of faith. And this exciting journey to walk with him so that he can lead us, he can take us to that destiny, to that place he has ordained for us. But many of us are still doing our own will, are still doing what we want. It's about his will. The life within God is an exciting journey. It has its ups and downs, but God can navigate us through when our heart and our will are yielded to him, when we, are with, when we worship him in spirit and in truth. That's what it means to worship him in spirit and in truth, to have a heart totally yielded to his will. And I want to end with this. Will God find that yielded heart, that yielded will, in you is a question between you and the father. Will he find that in you? Will he find it in me? Will he find a willing heart? Will he find a yielded heart in us as a church? Will he? John chapter four, verse 23. Let's go back there. John 4.23, will he find one? Jesus said, but the hour is coming and now is. The hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers, see there, the true worshipers, not those who sing fast songs and slow songs, the true worshippers, those whose hearts and will are yielded to the Father, will what? Will worship him, will be obedient to him, will submit to him, will, will let him lead, be the lead in their life. It says, when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is seeking for worshippers, true worshippers. Are you part of the true worshippers of the Lord? Or you, you worship yourself. If you worship, if you do not worship the Father, that means you're worshipping something else. God is the only true God and he's seeking worshippers, true worshippers, those who will yield their heart and their will to him. Those who will live by his word, whose code of conduct will be determined by what he says. That if he says this, then every other thing I've known out of the window. God is seeking for such. Let's pray. I want you to talk to the Lord this morning. You know where you are with him. You alone know whether, you're yield, whether your heart is yielded to him or whether your will is yielded to, whether it's, it's all up about you. If you are not in charge, then nothing else will happen. Go before the Lord this morning. Go before the Lord today. Talk to him. Where you've made mistake, repent of it. Hand over your heart totally again to him. Surrender your life totally to him. 
Let him be the one leading. Let him be the Lord of your life. So that he can lead you through the potholes. He can lead you through the obstacles. He can lead you in the, through the mountains, the valleys of life. He's seeking for such. Father, in the name of Jesus, we want to thank you. Thank you for your word that you're speaking to us in this season. That you desire true worshipers. Those that will worship you in spirit and in truth. Lord, make us worshipers, O oh Lord. We confess our sins to you that we have, not, we have not yielded our heart fully. We have not yielded our will to you. We have said, Lord, you don't, do, you, you leave this part, we'll handle this part, take this part. No, but you want everything because you created us and you love us. You have loved us with an everlasting love. And you told us, you promised us that your thoughts towards us are thoughts of good and not of evil to bring us to that expected end, that expected destiny in you, which is glorious. Father, we yield our heart to you today. We come to you, O oh Lord. We empty ourselves of everything and we say, Lord, feel us. Feel us afresh with your Holy Spirit, O oh Lord, my God. And we say, Lord, not our will, but your will be done. In us, with us, and through us. We thank you, Almighty Father. We thank you, King of glory. We say, blessed be your name forever and forever. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. The Lord bless you. And until we'll see you next week, have a glorious week. Have a victorious week. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, and we love you. Thank you.